Welcome to a place where God's people are enlightened and empowered through the ministry of the Spirit and strategic communication of God's words for kingdom dominion. We are a people committed to establishing kingdom civilization in our various sphere of influence. Welcome to Build. So the goal of last week's teaching was to ensure that we that we use what we get in Babylon, which is resources. I explained that Babylon makes transactions with the souls of men. And Babylon is transaction. Makes transactions with the souls of men. Sell something and then get the souls of men. And then this week we are going to study basically culture building, uh, building cultures. That's what we are studying this week. So it's going to be a teaching. It's going to be as short as possible, and then we are going to ground it. I wrote here first of all that uh, the impact of the movement is cemented by institution, instituting cultures around its ideologies. I wrote that the impact of a movement is cemented by instituting culture around its ideologies. So if you want what you are building to last, what you do is that you create culture out of those ideologies you came with. You enforce it on the people you know what culture is, but what's the simple social study definition of culture? The way, the way of life is simple. Yeah. So, what uh, my own definition is the set of ideas, customs, and social behavior of a particular people. So, if you study a people, you can find out their culture from their dressing. You do not guess. Yoruba boy is starting from the dressing to his language, his speech. No, just just mute the language. Just mute the language. Alright, from his dressing to his speech, everything that you see around what that guy does shows you, gives you a picture of the culture that he comes from. But before I enter into this, I, I really want to still break down um, or emphasize fact that, I've said it a few times, I've said it a lot of times, that we are transactional in our approach. We have to be transactional in our approach. That is what Babylon means. Because, you see, we, we love ourselves in church, but when we step out of that door, there is a whole new paradigm that we have to invite. Truly, to the family of faith, we should love each other. But we cannot, if we carry that ideology into the world, people do that. They get embarrassed in business and several other things because they think or they believe that because we are all believers, all of you should like Because we are believers, we should not fight. But that it works. That's not the way it works outside. There is a different way in which people behave outside of the church. So like the Bible says that we were said to be sheep amongst wolves. As sheep amongst wolves, we must realize that wolves, they don't buy the idea of the fact that we love ourselves. And we learn it now. We 
in this teaching. Um, Daniel chapter 1. We start from this one. Let me focus on the picture. Daniel chapter 1. Now, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Next. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Next verse. And the king spoke unto Ashpenaz and the master of his image attention, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the kings, and of the princes. Next verse. Children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning, and the tongue of the child so pay attention to this so the first uh, you would see the kind of people that the king selected it's not enough that they were christians there was a criteria that the king we pay attention so we're going into babylon yeah and we're going there to transact for the souls of men and i said that since we cannot we cannot give out our souls then we must give out something of which we studied last week and we accepted that we'll give out value so we'll give value and when we give value, we'll buy souls. That's the thing. We'll buy souls with value. Now, pay attention. So, you, 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 you will not make much sense when you enter into the world system if you are not when any of these children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science. This is the criteria for Babylon to to, to catch your glimpse of attention there is you won't make any sense to anybody in the world system if you are not any of this i have to emphasize i have to emphasize because believers i i realize that believers are very sweet people very innocent people especially those that have been worked on by the holy spirit very innocent and sweet people but that sweetness and innocence can be their undoing because they do not realize that in fact, in fact let me break it down to something very personal to a lot of people in picking relationships, many guys have lived um, many guys feel very happy because they've been friend zoned many times by very beautiful young girls and the issue is that, hope you know that yes, two people love themselves but there's business inside that love should I show us a lady is hoping to look up to the man she's going to be with, right? So, if the man does not have, you see, if we are bros, we will remain bros for life in the eyes of the woman. There has to be something in your life that elevates you higher than her in her hands, that makes her to be able to respect you, right? That respect that she has is what can begin your singling out, which means that if you are jobless, it's, it's hard to respect you, right? Visionless is hard to respect you. So there are very innocent people that enter into, they, they hope to enter into, and they believe that by age, things should change. But honestly, it doesn't. Because even love, as unconditional as it sounds, there is transactionism. 
So there are young people, young believers at the workplace in several places where they exist and they believe that their prayers would change their level. The truth is that if Nigeria picks you to become the president of this country because of your prayer life, we'll be in trouble. Yes. We'll be in serious trouble. There's a lot of understanding of economy and politics that you need at that level and leadership. So if you are not skillful in knowledge, cunning in knowledge, understanding science, if you do not know, the, the, the basic definition of science means to know. So if you do not know, you cannot be noticed in Babylon. So we have very few Christians that have been able to rise higher in the sphere that they exist in. Listen, like I said last week, trust God, like I said last week, that it's time for not just praying people to rise. I mean content creators, I mean project managers, I mean graphic designers. I'm not talking about 2K graphics design. I'm saying, pay attention. There was one guy, he said that he sold a logo. 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 When I did the initiative on that year, I wish I'd be that guy. Less than one five. Logo. I think the guy paid, the guy, the guy charges, is it $60,000? Ah! It's first mess with my mind. I didn't know what I was thinking. How come? Is it not just logo? <laughs> but the truth is that there is something we don't know. That's why we're not there. It takes knowledge and time. So until you are skillful, you are a master, you understand science, you know. You are not guessing, you know. You know what you know that you know that you know. You can reproduce it every time. Because knowledge is universal. This idea of it didn't work because I slept, doesn't make any sense. The idea is this. If somebody knocks a tie, right now, if somebody knocks a tie, if he knocks it in a grain, and he travels to the UK and he knocks a tie, will he do the same thing? So far he knows he will do the same thing. There is a skill around knocking a tie that whether you are asleep or awake, so far they tap you and say, do this thing, you can do it. But if you cannot, you cannot. So we give very flimsy excuses as believers many times when the simple answer to all of our excuses is that we know. That if you just know, you've passed the realm of every other discussion and excuse. So the king of Babylon will not be able to send for you until you know. Even God, like I said, even God did not use any of the children of Israel except for Moses. Moses was trained in the palace. He learned leadership. He learned how to lead people. Moses wrote books that were not captured in the Bible because of the kind of training he received in Egypt. Out of all the Israelites, Moses was the smartest. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, yes, it is grace that picked Moses, but no. It wasn't. <laughs> Moses had his credential. He could pass that test. That's the first thing. Now, having known that, you would realize that the next thing that the king of Babylon started to do to these people that know they picked the best of the best so that these people, if we capture you, you can control the mind of every other people. And when they picked them, the first thing that the king, no, go back to verse 4. That last thing. That last thing. When the first thing that the king did was that the king started to teach the learning and the tongue 
handle that thing. So what Babylon did was that, yes, you are skillful. I need that skill. But what I would do is that I would turn you to become like me. You can know whatever you know. But that when you go outside, your life will be a representation of Babylon. That's what the king wanted to do to them. So he started to teach them the tongue of the champions. So there was an education that happened in Babylon that started from their tongue. And this would help sorry, it won't help actually but um, probably it's going to be a good message to trans people that, that think that the first way to transit from this place or from this to another thing is by taking surgeries. No. That you can leave the, the least level of transformation would be that surgery. You can transit in your mind and start thinking like somewhere that you are not. That was, the, that was what was happening to them. So the king did not look at these young boys, Daniel and Paul, and say, let's do surgery for all of you so that you will look like us. No, that didn't make any sense to him. If we train you to act like us, if we train you to behave, to talk like us, you are us. You are part of us. So they drilled these people into their sect that they could not represent them outside by teaching them the tongue of the Chaldeans. So the first thing that you would notice here is that their language is changed. Their language is changed. And as believers, believers have a way they speak. I I teach, I believe that I have a responsibility every year to hold a believer series. The reason is because I believe that most times in our messages in church, we do not capture the life of the believer. We talk about every other thing than this ecosystem. But the truth is that when a man gets saved, he changes. Something in his spirit changes. And he needs to understand that whole thing. The Bible says, except a man be born again, John chapter 3, you remember, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the word see here is the word perception. I've said it several times. That when you get born again, your senses are quickened to start to interact with a different realm. But many believers are saved, but they still do not know how to do this interaction. It's strange to them. Because they are believers, but they have not been trained in the tongue of believers. There's a way believers talk. That life that you received when you were saved is a different life from what you were living before. If any man be in Christ, is a what? New creature. That's the posture. That when you come into Christ, you are a completely new personality. No species existed like you before. So if no species existed like you before, then you must be trained to live this new life. So there are many believers in Babylon. Yes, they are skillful, but you cannot separate them from a Muslim or a non-believer. Because they are believers, but they have not been trained in the tongue of from their speech first. There are believers that use extremely vulgar words. They use words that you must not say in the presence of God. Even Jesus will be scared to hear what you just said. Are you following? You know what I'm talking about. You know the kind of jokes that believers do. That even you will be afraid of that person. And his name is Or his name is Mike. Or his name is Iman. For example, 
I don't have a problem with the big brothers. Whatever they are doing there, they should do it in my business. But many of them, they, I think one person was doing, was trying to do research and he found out that I think it was only one Muslim that was in the house presently, according to him. I can't remember the name. Anything about what they are doing. Are they done or are they still doing it? They are still doing it. You people know now that they don't know that I don't know. They are still doing it. But, uh-huh. So I think there's only one Muslim or I don't even know. But most of the names of the people there are Christians. Christian. Now. So whatever they want to do there is not my business. Why is it that Christians don't talk like Christians? Why the ones that are easily found in those kinds of places? Do you see how meticulous the Islamic training is? Such that there are places that no Muslim can be found. Pay attention. Follow me. Do you realize that in almost every school, almost every department, Muslims stop the class? How many people have Muslims in their department? Or in your school? Are they one of the best students in that school? What did they teach these people? Because it's the Christians that will say, I cannot come and go and kill myself. There is a way Christians talk that does not look like what is in the Bible. Yes, we know that for Muslims, they flog them from a young age. But I will tell you how good that flogging is very soon. So because we were saved by grace, there is this freedom that believers have that exempts them from the training of the believer's life. So they are saved, but there's no difference between them and what they were before. They act like every other person. They post what every other person posts. They like what every other person likes. They are on some social media pages that they should not be on. It's Samuels that will be there. It's Emmanuel's that will be there. It's Peter that will be there. It's James. It's John. You will never meet a Rukayat there. It's Rose. Or Mary. Some of us don't even know. We don't even know the weight of our name. They call you Paul. And you are in that, that kind of place where you found yourself. And you can't even imagine that there was an apostle that, that died. They died, came up from the dead for the sake of this gospel and he was bearing your name. The tongue. I want to emphasize this. Believers are acting and talking, behaving like people that have not been trained. And the reason is because they are not trained. They are saved but they are not trained. The first thing to do after salvation is transformation. So after the guy has been saved, every other thing that he's doing in church is complete nonsense. It is not being transformed. We attach ourselves to Jesus, but we do not look like him because the work of transformation has not been done in our lives. So what Babylon does is that when they find out that you have a skill and you can win souls for them, they start to train your tongue. They start to change you. Yes, you came from, from, from Jerusalem. There is a way you were taught in Jerusalem, but you start to change the way you talk. The way you talk. The way you talk. Ah, as soon as you strike, and Nigeria don't spoil. The, the, like the old world, you don't crash. And those statements is we that speak it. But the Bible gives us a tone of speaking that even when there is a casting down, you say there is a lifting up. That's the way you talk. Our tongue has not been trained. Blessed be the God of David who teaches my hand to battle and my fingers to battle. That God in his curriculum, he has a way of training you to act like believers. 
things to act like that was what David said blessed be the God of David teaches my hand ah, that's all teaches my hand to battle and my fingers to wage the language of the child I'm going somewhere this is not my message Next verse. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. So their diets changed. I need you to pay attention to the things that you are saying here. The first thing that you would that saw in their life was that their language changed. The next thing that you would see in their life is that their, their diet change. This would mean that there is a way to eat in Zion. As a believer, there is a way believers eat. I should not enter. Should I enter? I should enter. In the Bible, there is a prescription in scripture. There are three basic major prescriptions in scripture. One, of it is prayer. Prayer in the Bible is not a suggestion. It's not when you pray. It's not, sorry, it's not if you pray. It's when you pray. That's how Jesus says it. When you pray, say our Father. He didn't say if you pray. So in Jesus' mind, if you are not praying, maybe you were not yet born. So he doesn't just believe that you exist because how you are living your life and not praying, Jesus is confused. That's number one. Number two is when you fast, not if. And there are believers that in this year they've not embarked on a just 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. Not done and you claim to be a Christian. Let me tell you, if you don't fast, you are not a Christian. It's as simple as that. It's our culture. Because when you get into Babylon, your diet will be tampered with. Which means in Zion, there is something about your diet that should be different. That they can see you, everybody's enjoying, but you close with And they're asking, why do you close with It's just a normal, I'm not praying for anointing, I'm not praying for power. This is just a normal culture to remind myself that I am born again. No food. One day, two days, three days, you break. I know that as I'm counting three days, somebody's already thinking, okay, so you break on the third day. <laughs> Give yourself one week break, you do it again. If you do not have these cultures as believers, you are not yet a Christian. You've been saved, but you've not been transformed. And if you notice, if you notice, if you remember this scripture, you will remember that uh, Daniel came and said, No, I don't want to follow this diet. Give me vegetables and water. You remember? And you would realize that the eunuch said something. That if the king realizes that you are not eating what every other person is eating, they will kill you. Now, the question is, is the king that serious with food? Like, is food that serious? I think you should be able to pick now. Should we? I don't want chicken. I'm a vegetarian. I just prefer to take vegetables and cucumbers. But, but the king is saying somebody's life will be at risk if you eat vegetables. Which means diet is important. That's how important diet is. That's number two. Uh, okay, I'll still read. Okay, verse six. 
Now amongst these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the next thing that happened to them, next verse, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. So they changed their identity. Just you follow me, I'm going somewhere. So they changed their language, they changed their diet, they changed their identity for them to be able to stay in Babylon. Three important and then if you consistently as they consistently lived like that they did not need to change their physical looks but since their ideologies have changed since their language has changed since their diet has changed since their identity has changed they are already part of Babylon follow me now I did all of this to ask a question there is a statement that has been going around amidst young people like I said it's a short statement there's a, there's a statement that is going round that Miss Young people, I'm sure we would have heard it before. That uh, we're not religious people, we're spiritual. Have you heard those statements? I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. Have you heard it or you've never heard it before? People saying that no, it's not about religion. We did not come for religion, we came for the mountain of time to rise. And we do all of that. Now, I want to ask a quick question Which do you think is important? religion or spirituality? Anybody who can answer? Any answer is fine, no problem. There's no judge in the house of God. Only God can judge you. Religion, spirituality. Nobody has an answer. Why is everybody looking at me like that? <laughs> Just give an answer. Anyone. But you can pick another one, you know, these days. There's he, there's she, there's date, there's wine. So you can. <laughs> well, I forgot to even introduce myself. Eh? Kalamaharis wanted to give a speech. <laughs> she said, My name is Kalamaharis. I'm a woman. <laughs> My pronouns are, are she and her. And I'm wearing a blue suit. <laughs> That's introduction. So that somebody that is running cycle will not say, This is not a woman. This is Zima. <laughs> so she had to say, my name is Maris. I'm a woman. People are running crazy. Well, anyways, let's continue our teaching. Spirituality and religion. Which is more important? You know what it means by being religious? You pray every day. You come to church. You just do it. There's no life inside. Which is more important? Nobody wants to give an answer. Alright, no problem. Let me continue my teaching. Man. Um, give me Luke chapter 15. So this is where I'll touch and then we'll look chapter 15 from verse 4. In fact, give me from verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Next verse. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man received sinners and eateth with them. Next verse. I'll go to verse 6, then I'll start to explain. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine, ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? Next verse. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulder, rejoicing. Next verse. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, 
rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. So go back to verse 1. Now, so to put context to this scripture, Jesus talking to Pharisees and there are a few things that Jesus, there are a few parables that Jesus started to give in this scripture that was a response to the Pharisees' accusation. accusation. The accusation that they gave him in verse 1 was that Jesus used to receive sinners and he used to hit with them. So that this Jesus that claims that he's the son of God, whatever God is doing with his life, he always, we always find him around sinners and we always find him eating with sinners. And then Jesus trying to talk about these people that are judging started to give different parables. One of these was this parable of the sheep that was lost. So a shepherd took hundred sheep outside into the wilderness and then one got lost and then we know the rest of the story. That was to... Okay, so the next parable after that was the parable of the lost coin. Um, so Jesus was using that to explain to the disciples, uh, to, to the Pharisees that whether you are outside or you are inside, you can still be lost. And then he gave another parable of the prodigal son. Uh, another parable of the prodigal son. And then that was the basic picture of who the Pharisees were. You know, the judging people. Um, saying that this prodigal son took all that his father wanted to give him went and he squandered it and then the elder one that was in the house said that I have never done anything against you you know gave good credentials and this was Jesus using that to to talk to people that judge so you should know the context of the things that Jesus is saying here but my emphasis is in this verse 4 so Jesus was talking about a shepherd that had a hundred sheep and pay attention he took a hundred sheep into the wilderness. And when he took a hundred sheep into the wilderness, the Bible says that one got lost in the wilderness. And this man went to look for the one that was lost in the wilderness. And he came back with that one and he came to meet the 99 where they were. Are you following? And he took them that I see in that scripture is that the one that got lost did not get lost for any special reason than the fact that he was not religious and I would explain because under the tutelage of this man hundred sheep were safe and he carried the hundred into the wilderness under mentorship under a pastor under a preacher, under or inside an atmosphere of life, 100 people were saved, but one ran away. And the Bible says that he left the 99. He did not say that he took them back. He left them where? In the wilderness. He went to look for one that got lost. And the Bible did not say that when he brought this one back, that any of them were lost. So the 99 still remained there, whether the shepherd was there, Oh, the shepherd was not there. That gave me a picture as to the fact that there is a system that they built around themselves to ensure that whether under tutelage or not under tutelage, they are still safe. The one did not get lost for any other reason than the fact that he did not maintain order. Because there are 
are many believers, pay attention. There are many believers that are struggling with several of the basic tenets of the gospel. They do not pray, they do not fast, they do not give, and they start to realize you can many will come and meet you and say, I read the Bible, I don't find anything, or I don't know how to pray. It's like prayer is hard, and then they keep giving that excuse without realizing that for you to stay safe, you need to maintain order. And the order is intentional, whether under supervision or not. Listen, we're going into Babylon to get souls, but there's got to be a training to give those souls, unless those people will be in the kingdom, but they will still look like Babylon. Are you following? Now, this is the training that many believers lack. They are saved, and that's where they want to end. They want to press further. There is, listen, there are many people, bah, that they would not have a bad life or a bad prayer life if they maintained the order of morning devotions that our parents passed to us. Many of them are more spiritual than us, not because of life as it were, it's because they have a regimented system to keep them spiritual. Are you following? So, whether pastor is around or pastor is lost, they are still safe. In my own opinion, it takes religion to maintain spirituality. Are you following? It takes an order around your life that, that your emotions cannot interfere with to maintain the life that you dream by being spiritual. So many Christians do not have a consistent life bearing fruits in season out of season because they've not learned how to create environments around themselves give me psalms chapter one give me psalms chapter one because we read this scripture where we want to prophesy unto ourselves and we do not study the power in that scripture psalms chapter one from verse one blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Next verse. Are you seeing environment here? Go back to verse 1. Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth not in the way of sinners. Next verse. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I'm trying to say, that if you bear fruits, which was the end of this scripture, there is going to be a regimented system of a prayer life that you develop, that your personal, whether you lost money or you made money, cannot interfere with. Because there are many believers bah, that after they've received a breakthrough from God, God will come back and meet them and say, where are you? Like Adam, they already lost away from God's presence and they keep having rise and fall they do not have convictions and it is the reason why they do not do exploits and this lack of convictions is not because they don't have a pastor many times whether under a weird pastor or a good pastor you can still thrive if you have religion what is religion? I wake up in the morning I pray in tongues I don't feel it whether you feel or don't feel it's none of your business I pray in the spirit every day I set a structure. One hour every day is my life. I read five chapters or three chapters of the Bible every day. Whether you feel like or you do not feel like, you read it. Because there are many people bah, 
that claim that they do not learn from the Bible. And the reason is because they've not read. You see, the Holy Spirit is trying to explain scripture to you. But he's searching your mind. There is nothing in that mind that looks like scripture. So the spirit of revelation is about to walk in you. And there is just nothing that you have studied. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. A workman needed not to be ashamed. Rightfully dividing the word of truth. So there is a personal responsibility that a believer needs to have to grow his spiritual life. And that personal responsibility is the mindset of being religious. I come to church. I don't come late. I come early. Why do you come early? Is the, is the man of God coming? Is a religious act to keep yourself safe. Are you following? I read my Bible before going out. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to do to maintain a particular culture around yourself, in order for you to be able to maintain your spirituality, is important. So I said this because there are many struggling Christians, really struggling. But the struggle is a simple answer. Don't touch your phone when you wake up. Go with your Bible. And in fact, be as religious as possible. Don't use phone. Use outcome. Are you following? Why will I use outcome? Why in the New Testament? Many of these statements are statements of backsliders. They, do, they know that they've not studied with that phone. But they keep making excuses around weaknesses. The only way to consistently maintain a spiritual life is to be religious about your spirituality. I do it whether I feel like or I do not feel like. Many of us, but we do not have prayer times. You see, you know some of us were raised in Christian homes. We were raised in Christian homes in my house, but six o'clock every morning. It has not failed for years. Everybody's up. Good morning, Jesus. <laughs> And that culture, it, amongst many other things that that thing did to me, it gave me a perception of the fact that you should not leave your house early in the morning without prayer. A generation must command the works of God unto the next generation. And we will not have anything to hand over unto the next with this spontaneity that many believers have. Spontaneous with their spiritual lives, spontaneous with them reading books spontaneous with them listening to sermons spontaneous with them investing in their life is when they feel like it's when the vibe is there when the vibe is not there they don't know <laughs> and Jesus even complained about that generation he said we bite you do not dance do you understand what that means we get we thought we make you be spiritual you still did not become spiritual we gave you prayer times you did not pray we told all of you to fast you did not fast we gave you prayer times. You came by 7, you left by 7.15. It's part of being unreligious and it doesn't help you grow. Ah, my tongues. I've not seen power in my prayers. You have to consistently say the nonsense until one day you will realize that life begins to come into that thing. I've taught us that the system of creating authors is by consistently doing you create an environment conducive enough for a spirit to find expression. But because believers have not learned this, they are in Babylon and they are easily swayed. There is no balance and structure to the maintenance of their life. So they are influenced 
the Bible says that um, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls were won. 120 were in the upper room. But 120 converted 3,000 to be like them. Structure. Order. Yes, you are 3,000. Public opinion will not change the fact that we pray every day. Public opinion will not change the fact that we fast every week. It's a culture you maintain for the sake of the fact that you are going to battle. So we have seen Christians back that started their journey with God. They said they will get there. Give me the mountain. I will get there. I will rise. I will change the world. And when they enter into those systems, it's like they do not know what they are doing again. You check what they say on social media. It's a complete opposite of their convictions. And then a few years later, they will blame it on pastors. Pastors do not teach the truth. It's a lie, brothers and very big lie. There are many pastors in this world that teach the word of God with fire. I mean raw one. If you need to be spiritual, don't listen to the person that is going to tell you, I know you can a few. That's nonsense. I've heard one that said, um, I don't pray all the time. Sometimes I just say, Jesus, I'm like, should I? Should we rock you in the public? Or should we jail you? Should, 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 we, should we beat, beat madness out of your head? Because now you want to train believers to say, I just say, Jesus, amen. Let's do something. Let's be cultured. Even when it comes to the presence of God. I, I know that many of you, you enter into your prayer room. And then you are there. Prayer is boring. It's boring. It's hard. And this is how this person is praying. No? He wakes up and he blocks his and he rests his head on the chair. Let me give you a story. There was a man I heard, one ancient prophet in Caesar. When he wants to pray, this was his culture. He will go naked inside the room and carry with him a particular powder. <laughs> that powder is at a, like grinded pepper. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he will rub that grinded pepper with his body. Then he will start praying. <laughs> Can any demon on hell make you sleep in that atmosphere? is <laughs> until the influence of that pepper and then you can look at him and say is God not your father that's a statement of a backslider the person that is saying that statement has not prayed for years because this man knows that probably sleep is the demon that will not allow him pray so he knows that if anything will not work granted pepper must work but I must be spiritually godless Listen, the Bible says that the child grew, what strong in spirit, was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. If a child will grow, there must be an intentional bias on life. Whether pastor is there or not, those online should listen because there are many people that this strike has ended their spiritual journey. It's only when they are in school that they pray. It's only when they are in school that they fast. At home, mommy cooks food in the morning and you cannot tell mommy no. <laughs> you see, ba. You will determine if you will be strong or you will be weak. It's your own decision to make. We were just yesterday and I remember some of the things we did on campus. Some of the things we did on campus is like we we're mad. But the thing is that it's a conscious effort to build your spirit. Build your spirit. Mounting up like an edifice. I don't feel like praying. You don't sit down. 
you stand up because it's a culture you maintain. Have you seen people that kneel down pray? There are people that develop cultures around their spiritual life. So someone goes into the secret place and it's just you won't pray like that. I remember I used to hear many teachings. Some people would say just be silent, be still. <laughs> that was a very bad option for me. <laughs> I'll wake up in the night and you know that you're tired and you want to be still. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. Be still. And then you wake up in the next one hour. Do you realize it's always one hour you wake up after? Anybody that prays in the night, you know what I'm saying. You wake up after one hour, exactly after one hour. Then you stretch again and say, come on, come on, come on. Still. But it grows that way. So you see what I did, man. I went to look for new songs and calculated their time to be one hour. So until the song stops, my mouth does not stop talking. You understand? Even when it's like you say it like that until your spirit realizes that you are sick. <laughs> or you look for messages because some of you that's what you need. See, you decide if you want to be spirit. I remember years ago, but I didn't have phone to download like before. I would go to that period I didn't have a phone. I would go to fellowships or the fellowship I was attending. Anywhere that I hear that they are singing worship and is high and is charged, I will put the phone there and record. Then carry it back home and listen to it. So when I when I hear some people come to meet me many times and say they are not their prayer life is not working. It doesn't make any sense to me because to me it's like you are just telling me that you, you you really believe your prayer life is not working. Let your mom die this morning and tell me that your prayer life is not working. <laughs> because that, that avenue of danger will chase you back to prayer. Why not create that structure without the danger? So, like we are doing here, there are times that you are leading worship. And like Jesus said, J-drums will pipe, but nobody will dance. You know what I'm saying already? J-drums will keep piping. Nobody is dancing. Nobody is responding. And if Jesus bores you, if Jesus bores you, you have a big issue. A very big issue. In fact, let's do something. I'd like us to pray. And if you pray like you're a Christian, then you're in trouble. Uh, we're just going to pray. It's going to be like five minutes. I want you to have a culture. <clears throat> My, the idea I'm trying to preach today is the fact that you can become part of a sect by creating culture that makes you look like them. There are many Americans that can live in Nigeria and after a few years, you do not see the difference between them and Nigerians save for their hair or their face. But every of their ideology looks like Nigerians. That's what we're going to do. Because Christians do not take their culture with them. They enter into Babylon with their skill, but they leave their culture with them. And the Bible says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They gave themselves a hope that if we forget God, may our right hand forget our skill. I've taught that scripture in this place before. That some people bound themselves to it with a hope. That yes, the Babylon asks for my skill, but if I forget God in this place, let my trading, I should look at the chart and it should be like, kill me in my place. I should try to preach and I should be, ah, my boy is not coming. 
I should try to sow, and I don't even know what a needle is. They bound themselves with that oath because your skill without God will still not change the look of things. We're going to pray. It's going to be to give us a culture, develop a culture, religious, religiously now, pray in the spirit. Religiously, if you bow your head, you are in trouble. Lift your voice religiously and pray in the spirit. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Religiously, touch your spirit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. No, that is not how to chat. You know what to chat? If you are in an hospital room and you see somebody that is about to die and they place that thing on top, how does the person react? Uh, no, you jack up. That's how you charge. So they say religiously charge your spirit. You cannot grow if you have not found a way to create religion around your spirituality. I feel like or I don't feel like you do it until you are charged religiously charge your spirit people are not yet charged charge charge let voltage enter your spirit whoa glory to God I charge I charge
500,000 dollars, 1 million dollars, we should go choose. Many times it's when people want to get married. That's when they rush to every prophet. People can come out. Someone has come to me before. Should I marry her? Am I the one that wants to choose? Have you not read your Bible? Find the relationship person. That's the moment when many people start to look for solutions. That's exactly what's in the scripture. The Bible says in Rama there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for children and would not be comforted because they are not. So the children died in Rama. They died in the wrong season. These were not really children. These were grown up people that were children at the wrong time. That's timing. Timing is you have to allot timing to your seriousness and unseriousness. There are kairos moments ah, that you must not miss. Now, something was leading prayer and it was saying that you've heard that we are in a kairos. How do, how do you even know that it's a kairos moment? When a word has gone before you and you know that this season, you see, because many people are not born spiritually, they do not know the signs around their spiritual life. They do not know when everything happening around their life is God telling them come and They don't know. So it's pastors that keep saying we are in Kairos moments, we are in Kairos moments. And many of the Christians in church have not been able to master those signs. How, what is the pastor seeing that makes him realize that we are in the streets? And anybody that gets it right in this moment is about to set himself up for progress, for growth. Remember, remember, I said last, I said in a few services ago that I think two years ago I was praying. And then while I was praying that morning, I told my dad, I said, podcast is going to really be a big thing. Yes, I studied some of the biggest podcasts in the world. I realized most of them rose up in the past one year plus. Jesus went over Jerusalem because she did not know her time. Do you understand? Time. But if you have not been doing this thing religiously for a long time, God, there's one rubbish that used to happen years ago when people will come and say that there's a portal, there's a portal that is open this night. It will be open for 15 minutes. Anybody that mounts up into that portal will tap spiritually and this is a lie. It's a lie. It's somebody that has understood it. Mastered it has been a long time. Jesus died of that, but he knew it was time to die. Then Jesus took the disciples. Let's go upstairs. Let's go up the mountain. And then while all of them was praying, Jesus went somewhere to pray. He came back to me. He says, Peter, why can't you watch with me for one hour? You see, he was looking at Peter, and Peter did not know that tragedy was coming. Peter did not know that their master was soon because Peter was sleeping. He came back the second time. Why can't you watch me for one hour? The Bible says he went back and prayed the same prayer. Same prayer because he knew. You see, the repetition of the visions, the repetition of the words he's receiving, the repetition of those prayers, Jesus has mastered this thing. Do you understand? He knew that this is a crucial moment. So he didn't go to look for a new prayer point, same prayer point. Something is wrong. What is happening? Holy Ghost, tell me. Help me. And then the, says the third time, Jesus came out and he said, now is the time and the hour of darkness. And he knew exactly that it was the season. 
and Judas came and Jesus was not shocked because he knew many people have not developed their spirits and like I would say brothers and sisters let me do a short advert there is daily prayers I'm repeating it while in a very crucial moment and one hour in your day to join believers and pray and receive words that can give you direction in the next few years in Nigeria I, let me tell you something 15 years time there are people that will not up 50 years again that will rise from Akure on those states that will change nations in this world that we live in God is going to place a searchlight here I don't want to say too many things there are things that I've seen I've seen them so it's a kind of spirit he who labors now labors for the future we are going to pray we are going to pray anything that creates relief city around the spiritual life should be embraced because unless you would be lost whether or not you need to learn how to maintain order until you learn how to maintain how to stay in a place like Apostle Arama will say when to sit, when to stand when to walk away and when to I did that teaching earlier this year in the believer service sit, stand, walk the position of the believer let us pray we don't need a church we are going to pray what Kairos moments online as many as you are online whether you are in place or whatever is not my business but we are going to pray in like 3 to 5 minutes time is gone but we're going to pray. And we're not praying while charging yourself. It is this culture that you have that you can transfer to another generation. That you can transfer to people that do not look at you. Anyways, let us pray. Let us pray. Can we pray the Spirit? Can we pray the Spirit? Prayer is a culture and you must build it. Develop that culture. Charge yourself in the Holy Ghost. 
charge, charge, charge. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Effectual, but fervent, fervent. Mount up with wings as seagulls, who, who cannot be pale, run and obtain. Is a culture. It's much more than what they tell me to do. It's a culture. I develop a culture, changing my spirit. Christians, but we need to act like Christians in the world. We need 
to create culture of prayer around our life, culture of fasting around your life, culture of giving and generosity, which I believe I'll teach later this evening. Remember that Ado did one prank a few weeks ago. He said that uh, he was doing prayer, that we're much more, we're much more, we're much more. This is prayer service. And people came to pray to receive healing. And Ado said, We are going to pray. Which was a prank. But I saw that reluctance in many people to be like, Lord, we're about to be, 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 we're about, about to be. That's not how it works. I'll teach you something, yeah? Maybe later. Because the scripture that says that the Lord shall supply my my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. It's a scripture for givers. I'll show you. Because what Paul was saying was about people that helped him in his missionary journey. That gave for the work of the gospel. Then Paul now prayed for them and said, My God will supply your needs. Those that give. So many people claim it, but they are not following the gospel in any way. And that's an application. Because the, the normal formula is that I find the gospel, I give for the cause of the gospel, and then my God shall supply all your needs. But I'll talk about that later. But until we create culture around all the things that define what a Christian is, we cannot influence anybody. Because there are Christians that are the ones going about to say, yeah, we don't really always need to pray. Uh, prayer does not change everything. And as, as some of those statements sound, if you do not create, if you do not let people know that is our culture, we pray. And not just by saying it, they've seen you. Because many of the big men, when they get big, nobody sees whether they pray or not. Do you realize that many politicians they come to church, pastor is delivering a very sound message and they don't even come with the gospel. And with that kind of ideology, how do you how do you want to get into the world and say you are a Christian and you stand for these values? People see you as somebody that is not serious. You do not know what you are talking about. And although we will not go as primitive as some other religions, but we have to maintain the tenets of unless our skill will grant us passage into Babylon or will not change anything. That transaction will not be done. Do you understand what I'm saying? We will not be able to buy souls because we entered with the skill. But now it's time to take the souls that we are not teaching them. We are not changing their minds. We are not changing their language from English to tongues. Do you understand? From English. We are not changing their language. We are not changing their identity. Are not changing their diets. That you start a company and then you incorporate it's something that you do. You incorporate rituals. And while every of the members of the staff in your company are whatever they are doing, they learn you, you create an environment for retreats where they learn all the skills they need to learn, but you add, you smuggle your spiritual ideologies because companies that do not believe in God will walk there and they smuggle parties inside. Did I lie? Did I lie? No, now they smuggle gets together inside. Go to the beach, go to the beach, go to the club, go to the bar. Nobody complains because the 
<laughs> the Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender, which means that in this world, the person giving is above the person receiving. So if you have a position of authority, your value has lifted you in Babylon. If you do not transact with that position, that's what many Christians are not doing. Brothers and sisters, there are many rich Christians. Very rich Christians. They have money. But the truth is that everything that they do, I don't have a problem with the fact that you do business, you post about your business. It's not my business. But the issue is that I've checked, there's no Jesus anywhere inside your post. I trace Jesus everywhere. I didn't find it. That's the way many believers are. They keep claiming that we will take the world, we will take the nations. And when value has given them space, the king has called for them. They get there and they forget. So you should know what I did, yeah? See, he brought a babe and he believed no place that was for this babe to stay than my bed. So I came, I don't even know, I think I came in from a prayer meeting so I can't remember because those days I was praying like something's wrong with me. So I just entered and I saw the bed. And I'm a very small person, they can beat me. But in this case, they will drag it to reach Senate. As they were doing whatever they were doing there, I carried my bag and I landed it on them there and I walked out. <laughs> so that you will know that except, except they injected something to your skull, it's my bed. <laughs> it's a culture, it's intentional. Before everybody believes that you are part of us. Some of you, I was walking somewhere and some, somebody will bring a drink and say, ah, it's not, uh-uh, I don't feel now. And I found out something happened. Somebody was saying that, ah, I don't feel now. Oh, me, no problem. So as I was there, other people started fighting for me. They were like, ah, this guy was talking down. How will say I really should taste? And you thought, are you okay? And I was looking at everybody fighting. I was like, that's not, that's okay. Are you okay? I'm like, what are you? <laughs> that my culture was obvious. It was so known that I can't do something like this. That regardless who said it, everybody would defend, not even me. So it got to a point where I didn't need to stand for my beliefs. People will defend what I Let it shine. 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 Let it sh
and people were coming in mass. We were praying for people, you know. It was a normal thing that while carnival was going on, the power of God, you see people later on. That's the way I come to It was just like three, four days or four, five days ago. But it was a lot of it was a lot of experience. Now I was living some this school and I saw this young And I remember this verse.
The Word of God is a seed that brings radical transformation, and we believe you have been transformed by the word you just received. Follow us live on our MixLR and download our messages on our Telegram channel. The number to call for partnerships and inquiries is 0811 414 7940.